1: Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Mike Gary from Yardley Wealth Management. Mike's got an interesting career path. Not only do you have an MBA in finance, but then you went and got a law degree and you worked with the Pennsylvania Office of the Attorney General before becoming a financial advisor. And we're going to talk about all of that and a lot more. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. So let's go back in time a little bit. So The MBA and finance to financial advisor makes sense. You took a little interim tangent there to go get a law degree. What inspired that?
0: Yeah, that was a a three-year detour. Um, Yeah, you know, during the MBA program, there were a lot of things that um, I thought were interesting, and a lot of them led to law school, different case studies. And I I don't know, I just got very interested in it. Uh, And I went, and then I practiced for a couple years, and I was in the second firm, uh maybe two years into being a lawyer and i met a recruiter for Merrill and that's how I got into this business. And you know, the background was all finance. And in law school I took without realizing it, I took all sorts of courses that were were perfect for what we do now. You know, uh income tax, wills, trusts, estates, all kinds of stuff. So wound up being an okay detour. I still don't know if going to law school was worth it 28 years ago, but I did it. Can't go back.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's funny item in common. My first I also my first experience in the business was also due to a recruiter at Merrill, um, also a long time ago. Yeah. So then what prompted you to leave the practice of law and then ultimately become a financial advisor? So, you know,
0: I working as a lawyer, I hated every second of every day at work. <laughs> I'd get to the elevator. and I could feel my whole body clench up. And, uh, you know, I met the recruiter. And, you know, ironically enough, I was at a, a networking function that the law firm made us go to. And that's right where, where I met her. And, um, you know, she said your MBA in law degrees would be very marketable as a financial advisor. You know, I, I went in the branch office around and people were happy and they seemed to be making money and having fun. And I went back to the law firm and it was miserable, as some of them really are sometimes. And uh, my wife and I took a long walk on the beach. It was uh, August of 98. And, you know, we thought about it and thought, well, you know, I could do either career. You could be you have an okay career or an amazing career. Um, And so, you know, they they both could really work. Um, And I thought, well, two years in this first one is not going. And really, the hardest part was the sunk cost of having paid all that money and borrowed all that money for law school and all that time. But yeah, made the switch. And I got to say, I'm really glad that I have. Um, I have one friend from law school that I've stayed in touch with. And I got to say, until he became self-employed six, seven years ago, he was miserable that whole time. So it's a decision I feel very, very fortunate that I made. I'm so glad that I ran into Cindy Payne
1: at that, that networking function all
0: those years ago.
1: Well, that is awesome. Tell us a little bit about how the Gardley came about. So
0: I had been I worked at Merrill for a couple of years. Then I worked for another RIA for four and a half. And uh, at some point realized that he he's about 20 years older than me. Um, we had talked about my buying into his practice over time and being his succession plan. And then I guess he was concerned that uh, you know, a guy in his 30s with uh, no clients couldn't really pull that off. And so he went and he found somebody else. And when I found out that he was looking elsewhere... And I said, I thought we had an agreement. And he said,
1: oh, oh."
0: I said, what's going on here? And I said, like, are you looking for somebody else? He said, well, maybe. I said, well, what does maybe mean? (laughs) He said, well, you know, I have to protect my interest. And so he did wind up selling to a large bank uh, and then had to buy it back a year or two later. But um, once I knew that was for sure, I called my wife and said, we need to make another plan. Um, As much as this seems comfortable, uh, I also don't feel like I could trust what's going on. You know, I I feel like I'm in the dark. And so we started Yardley with no clients, no revenues, um, and fee only, right? So there was not even like a hope of getting like a large commission early on. And so first several years were very, very rough.
1: I remember those days myself for our firm as well. Who is, obviously, you've gotten through that and become very, very successful. Who is an ideal client for you now?
0: So our ideal clients are either retired or very close to retirement. Uh, most of our clients are local, although maybe a third of them have moved away somewhere. A lot have, have moved to, to Florida. People who are validators or, um, you know, people who want someone to do it, you know, people who, you know, most of our clients are are very smart, very good at uh, what they do professionally and either aren't interested or know that they wouldn't know enough uh, to be able to manage the accounts themselves. And so, yeah, we have great clients. I don't know what to say other than that. I feel very fortunate. There's nobody that if they called, I'd be reluctant to, ha- to answer the phone. You know, we're pretty lucky that way. I know that's not, not typical.
1: Well, congratulations on that. What are some of the biggest, most common mistakes that you see clients making that you're helping them avoid?
0: Yeah. A lot of them make uh tax related mistakes, right? So maybe claiming social security, even though they don't need the income at the time. And then, you know, throwing that taxable income onto their regular income for the year, not doing conversions when they're retired and they're living off like cash savings and have real low income and could be converting their traditional IRA to a Roth. Some never change market chasing, you know, people come in and we'll talk about how they you know they keep a diversified portfolio and they say well how long have you been in cash I'm like oh I did that you know with such and such time or how come you have three funds in your 401k and it's the uh, S and P 500 the the growth fund and the total market index like that's the same thing yeah you know I think in this business you do see a lot of mistakes repeated you know and it's because it it can be quite complicated. It's hard to get, you know, unless you're talking to an advisor, it's hard to get like independent advice and it's hard to know what to do. Like you could read articles or or books and there's good general information, but, you know, knowing what you specifically should do, I think a lot of cases you, you need help. And that's how we can do this for a living. And it's a great, great way to make a living.
1: Absolutely. How did the pandemic affect your business and your clients?
0: Yeah, I think it affected them, you know, in a lot of ways, typical with the rest of the world. I think that, you know, in the beginning, they were pretty nervous and concerned because, you know, none of us had really lived through a pandemic uh, of that scale. You know, like maybe our grandparents did, but but none of us had. And I, I think in the beginning, we had more phone calls and emails in that three to six months than we'd ever gotten. Um, and I think, for some people, they had extra time because they weren't commuting or maybe they were working less or not working at all. And so we'd have like questions that maybe they, they'd they have had in the background for years and never really had the time. And then, you know, I'd, I'd open up my email on a Saturday and see like a 15 paragraph email from somebody. But yeah, I think, it, I think it's been hard for people. You know, we're two and a half years in at this point. You know, we've had people die this year more than usual, you know, and not, not COVID related, but I think it's been hard. And then like on the plus side though, I think some people have reevaluated their lives and are, are putting different things in perspective and um, reordering their priorities. We've had a lot of people retire sooner than they thought they would because, you know, they looked around and thought, why am I doing this stressful job when Mike said I had enough to retire five years ago? I do think it did a number on people, some good, some
1: bad. And, uh, you know, we're all still trying to, to to figure our way through it. Absolutely. We're not asking for any specific investment advice or recommendations on the podcast. But what have you been telling your clients in regards to the current market environment? Sure.
0: I say, well, that's how the market works. You know, yes, it stinks. And it's unusual that that stocks and bonds are both down at the same time. Not something that happens most of the time, but if you think about like the stock market since the recovery in two thousand and nine, it has been really, really strong. It would be really unusual for there not to be some kind of sustained pullback, even in twenty twenty. You know, things were horrific in March and really bad in April, and then started to recover a little bit. And I think a lot of people were skeptical in at the end of twenty twenty and twenty twenty one that things had gone so well, but I don't think that things would pull back now. I think it's normal. I mean, it goes up and down. It has to, can't just go up.
1: Right. I believe it was Warren Buffett who said in an ideal world, you'd want it to go down every day until the day you retire and then up every day till the day you die. Yeah, there you go. That would be perfect. Um, with all the success you've achieved, not only for Yardley, but also for your clients, what is your biggest challenge now?
0: You know, trying to grow our firm, so I made the, the conscious decision a couple of years ago that I wanted the firm to outlast me. And so that meant hiring advisors and, uh, and other uh, non-advisory staff and making sure that they were well-trained and they did a good job. And I figured I had 15 years to get that in place. But, you know, doing some soul-searching during the, the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I thought about was that, you know, I'm in my mid-50s. Most of our clients are older than me. And I thought, well, if I just sell out to somebody in five or 10 years, yeah, might get a check. But then all these people who have been relying on me now have to rely on strangers. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I felt kind of like it might be um, a violation of my fiduciary duty. you know. And I thought, well, I mean, it still might come to that, that I can't find somebody that works, but... We have a younger advisor we hired last year. She's doing a great job so far. Um, hopefully over the years, we'll have a couple more and get clients used to working, not just with Mike and um, you know, having a good relationship. And it would be nice that, you know, for me to be retired 15 years from now, still driving down main street in my town and seeing a Yardley Wealth Management sign and knowing that uh, you know those advisors and the other people are having great careers, doing something that's impactful that they love. And that the clients that I've had these relationships with for all these years are being taken care of. I mean, that would make me so happy.
1: That is very, very well said. Um, your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? You know,
0: I love that you can help people. I love like the whole talking. Like there, there's so many things that, that people don't quite have right. And so I love talking with people and like answering questions. And so I could put in like what the rules are so that they could decide what's best for their families. Right. Like people always have questions. Well, can I help? Can I give my son money to buy, get a down payment on a house? And like, yes, you can. Here are the rules and how you'd want to go about it in your situation. I love that. Trying to help people come up with a plan so that they can do the things they want to do in their lives. that They're not sure how to do what's the best way to do it. It's so meaningful to me. You know, I have three daughters and they are all in their early 20s now. And when they were little, the oldest one used to say, your job must be so boring. It's just numbers, numbers, numbers. I said, my job, I need to know numbers, but it's like 3% of my job. My job is like knowing how everything works together and then like talking to people, finding out what's important to them and helping them like achieve that by using the numbers. And, but then all the other rules and, you know, what we know from experience. And so to be able to make a good living, you know, being able to help people like ease their minds and and create, you know, chase their dreams. What could be better job than that? Like, I can't think of something that would be better than that.
1: Well, you're preaching to the choir here. So amen on that one. Um, We know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some with us for our uh, folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more, where is the best place for them to learn more about you and about Yardley?
0: So the website is YardleyWealth.net. Yardley is spelled Y-A-R-D-L-E-Y. I am on Twitter. It's at Michael J. Gary. There's two R's in Gary. We also have Instagram, Facebook. Facebook. It's pretty easy to find us by, by either Googling Yardley Wealth
1: or Michael Gary. Awesome. Well, this has been Seth Green with Mike Gary from Yardley Wealth. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Seth. This has been great. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time.